0: Hello, space nerds. Welcome to Raktageno and Root Beer, a Deep Space Nine podcast. I'm Matthew.
1: And I'm Michael.
0: On this podcast, we are reviewing every Deep Space Nine episode from the pilot to the finale. It'll be so exciting, it's going to give you umox. Pull up a chair and join in the discussion over some Raktageno and Root Beer. If you would like to contact us, set hailing frequencies to rrds9podcast at gmail.com. Today on the show, we are going to review Season 5, Episodes 5 and 6, The Assignment, and Trials and Tribulations.
1: So Michael, let me start us off with a review of The Assignment. Okay, so Miles O'Brien, who suffers more than any other person in the entire universe, is back. Uh, Keiko is returning from the fire caves on Bajor, and uh, she shows up and something's not right. It turns out... That she's been possessed by a paw wraith and she needs Miles O'Brien to change the station so that it will shoot chronotons into the wormhole and wipe mm-hmm. out all of the uh, prophets yes. and she's it's kind of like a fallen angels idea you know where she's been kicked out of heaven and then she wants to come Lucifer. back yeah. yeah so the episode is about how Miles O'Brien with the help of the very talented and smart Rom yeah. Um, figures out a way to trick the Paw Wraith where instead of zapping the wormhole aliens, uh, the Power Wraith gets zapped and then Keiko's freed and the end. There we go. That was a nice wrap up, That's Michael. my fastest synopsis yet. Yes, <laughs> it was. So what did you think of this episode? I love this episode. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's this one of the strongest, uh, kind of, uh, thriller episodes I've seen, um, and one of the best Miles O'Brien thriller episodes or Miles O'Brien suffering episodes I've seen. Um, I just think that the pace of this was amazing. They just ramp up tension. Yeah. And Keiko does an unbelievable job of being evil Keiko. Yeah, Rosalind Chow. She, she a good job. is so good in this episode. Uh, and it's such, a, it's such a creepiness that sets in. Yeah. And I think that they did a great job of uh, Miles O'Brien feeling alone in this because he can't tell anybody else. Even Rom doesn't know what's going on. He yeah. tricks Rom into, into helping him. But there's a scene where he's alone in a Jeffrey's tube and he's trying to figure out, he's asking the computer ways to stun uh, Keiko to get whatever's possessing her out of it. Which is a really
0: creepy moment because yeah. he's thinking of ways to, he's talking to the computer about ways to inca- incapacitate mm-hmm. his wife.
1: Yeah, and, and he knows that he has, you know, less than five milliseconds to do it because whatever has taken hold of her can kill her instantly or, yeah. or pop all of her brain vessels so that, you know, she loses all of her memory or whatever. Um, so he's going through these different ways, like a status field or a, you know a, a phaser on stun, whatever. Yeah. And the computer's telling him how many milliseconds or seconds it, it would take to in- incapacitate her, and he realizes that that won't work. It's yeah. just, and he's alone thinking this in the Jeffries tube. It's just a chilling scene. Yeah. Uh, what did, so? What did you think of it?
0: Oh, I thought it was really great. It was a great episode. It was uh, very nicely done. Rosalind Chow does a great great work. Mm. She's a great actress and um i liked that they started it off like quickly at the beginning you didn't have these moments where he's like is she changed or not it was just she's very casual at the beginning i've taken over your wife Mm. these are the stakes you know exactly what the stakes are and then uh but there's a mystery as well you don't know what exactly this this who this uh, possessed alien is mm-hmm. or a possessing alien is, you don't know why they're getting miles to do all of these things. So there's not only just tension about, you know, oh, is of going to be okay. It's what, ex- what exactly is going to happen. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think that helps propel the plot. Mm. And I like that they give you all of the, there's like a moment of exposition where towards the end where Rom's in the in the holding cell and he like basically that's the explanation for what's happened yeah
1: and and, and there's subtle about it in that they foreshadow that where at his birthday party which mm-hmm. the possessed Keiko is you know acting like everything is normal which is really terrifying um, there's a moment where Odo and, and Jake are asking her if she saw any paw rays in the fire cave yeah and- and she's like, oh, those don't exist. So they're kind of cluing you in on what's actually happened. Yeah, yeah. But it's done very, in a very, very subtle way. And then it doesn't slow down the plot whatsoever.
0: Yeah. And, um, and I think, too, that Rom and O'Brien are perhaps the most likable characters on the show. And having them work together is kind of a nice little mm-hmm. moment. And you don't know what O'Brien is going to do until the last moment. Like mm-hmm. you don't know what that blast is going to accomplish, mm-hmm. and because uh, you can't imagine that O'Brien would care more about his family than
1: some wormhole
0: aliens. I mean, he's a little xenophobic. <laughs> he
1: did, he does say at the start that he won't do anything that endangers uh, the station or its, it's crew. True. So,
0: but he didn't say anything about the wormhole aliens. No,
1: um, and there's a there's a flip side to this episode it's basically the b plot that merges with the main plot which is a uh, rom and his brother cork where rom is working as a uh, in the waste extractor system basically the the waste management plumbing of of the station do they it-
0: really have plumbing problems on the station i mean keiko just puts a cake in the replicator yeah, and a, causes it to disappear yeah, i'm
1: assuming they have replicators in the toilets but let's let's not get into that unless <laughs> really want to. it's it's best not to think of it <laughs> so that's his job right and there's this there's this really nice you know scenes with him and his brother quark and, and mm-hmm. quark is saying oh i can't believe you're doing the night shift they hate you and all this stuff yeah and he's like no i really like my work and i'm gonna work hard and and get promoted that's what's going to happen
0: yeah he buys into the whole capitalist system he
1: does does.
0: (laughs) i mean court should be more supportive of this (laughs) yes of course you will rise up you know yeah
1: yeah and then at the end it it happens you get that lovely scene where he shows his medal and uh o'brien realizes how talented and smart he is and and promotes him to the day shift
0: yeah I liked uh, the. I liked how terribly awkward Ram is when he's hanging out with his new. Uh, oh yeah. Sh- the swing shift, and he's like, "What do you all drink on the swing shift?" <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like,
1: "Oh my god, please stay away from me." <laughs> he's like, "I love the night shift," and I'm like, yeah. "Okay, um. yeah."
0: So and I think that's a a sign of a good episode too, or of a strong episode where the B plot kind of merges with the A plot and doesn't Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like a bit of a oh these two things were just two random stories that are told together they instead kind of inform
1: each other. It also didn't feel like comic relief just for this just for you know levity's sake. They they use Rom and it's more emotionally grounded in that where. The payoff is a big deal when you yeah. see Róm prove himself and his and his brothers kind of grudgingly, uh, you know, respects him at the end. Yeah, as usual. and,
0: and um, he he deserves his promotion. Mm-hmm. You know, he he deserves something for doing all for <laughs> O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. So it was a it was a very good episode. Uh, you know, it kept it kept the tension up, kept it going. As we said, Roslyn Chow did a great job of being the most horribly creepy person ever. I loved... Like, she... Like, as the possessed creature, she was, like, just mean. She really... Do- she poured the salt on the wounds. So like, kiss me. Kiss oh, yeah. me, Miles,
1: you know? Or, or he's like, okay, I'm going to sleep on the couch. And she says, you'll sleep in bed with me like you always do. In yeah. case, you know, Molly... Has a nightmare and wakes up or something, and then horrible.
0: And then they go to sleep on those horrible triangular pillows (laughs) that are in no way look comfortable. Like, how do you know that they're not comfortable? I don't. They look horrible. I I suspect that everyone in Deep Space Nine has severe neck trauma from the pillows that they're forced to sleep on. (laughs) (laughs) They were designed for Cardassian necks. You know, the Cardassians have all those neck ridges, I'm sure. Oh, of
1: course. That's what it is. That's why they're that triangle shape. Yeah, they don't need... They just didn't replace the pillows. Yeah, everyone's
0: uh, in a lot of traction. Um, I liked the party, Hmm. you know, where... It's it's like a traditional Irish birthday party. You know, someone's upset at someone else. Someone breaks a glass. You know, someone storms off because they they're not getting what
1: they want. And he's no, he's drinking single malt uh, whiskey too. Yeah, neat. It's
0: like um yeah, it's it's like a, it's like one of my family's uh, you know. Gatherings, You know, someone will get upset at something and run off into another room.
1: I'm, I'm just worried because they're always drinking uh, synthahol, that they're not used to actual alcohol. If they start drinking whiskey, they might, you know, get really drunk.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a possibility, you know. Maybe mm. it is. I like, too, that this storyline didn't just choose a random species to take over uh, Keiko. Uh, they chose a paw Wraith, which kind of integrates it into the mythology mm-hmm. of the... So we know a little bit more about these prophets. So we know that there there is like a kind of Lucifer figure. Yeah. Or at least Lucifers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Former angels that were kind of cast out. And... I'm not going to tell you anything, Michael. But the paw rights become more important uh, ah. later on in the series. So it, this it, is a, this is the first time we've really encountered one, and they will become more important.
1: Yeah, it is interesting to me that and in, in when you there's a conceit in horror films where you you know well, The Exorcist, where you have possession, evil possession, with uh, fallen angels, which is exactly what they do with the paw rights here. So there seems to be a lot of parallels. Yeah.
0: Uh, did you like Rom's breakfast? Would you have... Which one of his breakfasts would you
1: have? Oh my gosh, you mean the, the full English breakfast or whatever he has in, uh, versus the pancakes?
0: Pancakes with
1: pineapple. Yeah, well, don't knock it until you've tried it, Matthew. Um, and if he had bacon and it didn't agree with him,
0: wouldn't the sausage also not agree with him?
1: So as, as, a, as a Canadian, I have had many pancake breakfasts and... I have very high standards when it comes to pancakes. Um, So I'm not sure that DS9 would be able to live up to my expectations with the replicators. Mm -hmm. So I would probably go with the more uh, British breakfast. Yeah.
0: I I also feel like I love pineapple, but pineapple Mm. with pancakes, that's an odd choice.
1: Yeah, that is really weird.
0: I feel like it's more like pineapple with maybe... Maybe with eggs. or I don't know. You know, you want to have sweet and savory, I feel. That's what I would feel. Is
1: it is it like proper Canadian maple syrup or is it Aunt Jemima's? I think it's... Or uh, that weird British sugary sauce that they have. I, I think it's Quark's specialty. I think yeah. that's what you're getting. I'm going to avoid the pancakes.
0: And this episode in some ways kind of mirrors a TNG episode. Do you remember that one where Miles is possessed by an alien? What? And then he takes over uh him and it's miles, data and Troy and they're possessed by these evil criminals that were sent to a planet and stripped of their bodies and floated around in a storm. I don't
1: remember this episode uh, this
0: is a pretty hilarious episode because troy's Troy's a real jerk in this episode <laughs> she like <laughs> knocks people out and stuff <laughs> and uh and then yeah miles was miles was a jerk to Keiko in that episode where he's like Hmm. so don't shut that baby up and he was telling molly to shut up and he was oh. like a real jerk so yeah it was kind of a nice little interesting little flip they had here of course we had all sorts of creepy scenes with keiko sitting with molly Molly Brush with her hair. Molly with her stone face, her inability to act with her face in any way whatsoever. <laughs> I
1: re, I refuse to criticize a child, Matthew. You can you can criticize her acting all you want.
0: I think she's a wonderfully adorable child, and I have no problem with Molly being there. But she's not the best actress. Like, she's but, a little
1: wooden, yeah. Yeah,
0: she, she's like she like literally had just been fed the line like two minutes before, and she's yeah. repeating it. Daddy, you're in trouble. <laughs> Daddy, you're in trouble. <laughs> so, but as I said, Rosalind Chow, all the kudos to her. She did a great job. There's,
1: there's that. Horror, I think one of the most horror, There are many horrifying scenes in this, but one of the most is when she falls off of the mezzanine. Oh yeah, yeah. She goes like miles and then just falls. Oh, that was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Don't uh, don't disobey a paw race. No. Should we move on to the next episode? Yes, I think we should. Alright, so Matthew, please give a uh, synopsis for episode 6 of this season. Trials and Tribulations.
0: So this one opens as like a story within a story. Cisco is visited by two agents from the Time Agency. I can't remember the name
1: Department of, of Temporal Investigation.
0: There we go. And they have n- names. Did you, did you write down their names? Uh No. But their names are anagrams of Mulder and Scully, apparently. No, really? Yeah, so they're supposed to be a little bit of like a Mulder and Scully. Oh, nice touch. Anyway, so they're investigating a situation where, obviously, Sisko engaged in some temporal shenanigans. Yeah. And it turns out they were picking up a Bajoran orb that was about time. And, of course, hijinks the They get thrown <laughs> back into time, and they end up, dun-dun-dun at the time of, a, of an original series episode, the original episode with the Trouble with Tribbles. I think that's what yes. this is called, right? And uh, so they have to stop the character from that episode, who's now an older version of himself, from trying to kill Kirk at that time. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he went back to the same time as that, that moment, but he did, just to kill Kirk. And... Uh, they investigate it, there's lots of humorous interactions with the former crew, they mm. stop the plot, they go back forwards in time, and everything is good, except we're left with the last scene with the whole DS9 promenade filled with tribbles. But along the way, we, we've had laughs and giggles and, <laughs> and all sorts of CGI wonders, <laughs> the, the likes we haven't seen since Forrest Gump. <laughs>
1: So what did you think about this? Oh, this is an amazing episode. It's
0: so enjoyable. It's just fun. And, you know, the original series wasn't the best in many ways. (gasps) Wait, whoa. There was lots of problems with it. Whoa. It it often featured just scenes of Kirk sweating and just staring at, like, a screen that was not changing. And they're like, 42 seconds, you know? And then then nothing happened, you know? Mm -hmm. It was a lot of that because they just didn't have budgets. But what the original series had was a sense of fun that as we progress through, you know, the series, it, we we kind of lose it a little bit, yeah. you know? And this episode enabled the DS9 crew to have a little bit of fun and to kind of not worry about the details as much, you know? Yeah. Like, there's a scene with Worf, and they encounter old Klingons, mm. and... Everyone's like, what's going on here? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> Completely different. These yeah. look like sweaty guys with goatees. Yeah. And you have big ridges on your head. And Worf's explanation is just, we don't like to talk about it.
1: <laughs> Which I think is, in some ways, the
0: perfect answer. Because I, know, I
1: love that scene. Yeah. Because it, if you don't watch, talk about it to outsiders, he's really embarrassed.
0: Yeah. If you're watching a show that's a science fiction show, sometimes you can get too caught up on trying to make it realistic or trying to you know, create so a sense of realism.
1: That, that scene is interesting too because the Enterprise um, answered that question of why the Klingons and Kirkstein look different. And it makes not that much sense and it's just silly and they took it way too seriously. How Deep Space Nine handled it in that scene is way more effective. Yeah, right? and, and they it, do have fun with it.
0: It's just like... You know, we're watching a show where uh, there's a ship that can travel faster than light.
1: Yeah.
0: We're accepting certain things. It's not... Sometimes you just have to go, you know what? It's not hard science. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that enables... When you kind of just say, hey, let's just have fun. Let's Mm -hmm. not worry about all the details so much. You can get to a place that's really enjoyable. And, um, you know, uh, Dax in this episode is just like... She's delighted to be there. She just wants to just like do everything. Yeah. You know? She doesn't, she doesn't <laughs> want to stop the plot. Yeah. She wants to like hang out. She seems to be. She seems to be revealing that she's an intergalactic sex pot, you know, because uh, she. Um, talks about how hot Spock is. Yeah, and uh, she reveals that she maybe had sex with uh, McCoy at some point in the past at a
1: gymnastics competition. Or... Yeah,
0: she. I don't know why he was there. Was he a gymnastics star? This was before he entered
1: Starfleet. Yeah, I, th- I believe. Yeah. Or... So
0: when he was at Ole Miss. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's um, it, uh, yeah. So that part, <clears throat> I think, as the the writers were saying, she kind of captured the feeling that a lot of Fans would have felt, and the scene where they first walk into the corridor, her and Avery Brooks and Terry Farrell walk into the the corridor Mm -hmm. of uh, the Enterprise. Apparently, that was just capturing their actual reactions. Like they literally had not seen it yet. Oh,
1: really? And so they just brought
0: them on, and they were like literally going, "This is crazy. We're on the Enterprise," you know. And so that sense of wonder and fun is really animates this episode and makes it
1: a great episode. So I I also absolutely love this episode and I think um, what you're saying about how the original series had had possibly more of a sense of fun. It, it didn't take itself that seriously all the time. Yeah, and and it was literally more colorful and bright than the Star Trek that we see now. Yeah. Where starting with the next generation, they kind of sucked out all the color. We hit the 90s, you know, big popping colors weren't a, a cool thing. Yeah. And when Star Trek first uh, was on TV, it was color television was a new thing and they wanted to show off color TV. I yeah. think we, we had a previous guest, Bill, talking about that, Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I believe. And so they chose these really, what we might consider now really loud, garish primary colors. But at the time, it was a way to, to essentially, you know, market color television and really make it stand out. So when you see these characters uh, go back into the original set, wearing these loud, bright colors, the, and they actually have light, which we had like, proper lighting, which we haven't seen since before uh, TNG. <laughs> when TNG suddenly... They always had lighting problems, though. It was always dark and, and sleek. But yeah, but they, it, it, it's so much more fun, you know, to see this.
0: Well, they um, they really capture the lighting uh, of... And I I have to disagree in some respects in the sense of... I think the lighting is good. It's more realistic in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But in the 60s, it looks like a stage set. Sure, right. it's, yeah, yeah. It's overlit. It's super bright. Yeah. Uh, but they capture that. They capture that feeling. Yeah. And, like... With the the scenes of the current actors, they get the '60s lighting so perfect that mm. you it feels very seamless. Yeah, you know, and this is kind of crazy. We're looking at special effects from, I guess, twenty years, twenty years ago, and they they still look good. Mm. You know, I didn't have a problem with the scenes that were split between uh,
1: Kirk and. Uh, the, the, the effects were amazing to me. Yeah. yeah. I mean how many when when I'm I can't even remember when this episode aired, but it would have been like twenty years ago. Yeah, like twenty years ago yeah. and it still stands up. It still looks really good.
0: Yeah, and uh and it just what's enjoyable about it too is you know you can tell when people really care about a product and they put a lot of attention and detail in it, and they they recreated the enterprise mm-hmm. for this. Literally they didn't have they didn't have specs or anything like that. They just had to watch episodes and then freeze frame it and then create it from that. Wow. And, and so apparently everyone in the cast was like super jazzed Mm. to get everything perfectly right. Mm -hmm. And, and it shows, it shows when there's, an excitement like you can feel it it's- oh
1: there, there's a scene where dax has a has a tricorder i forget what she's holding she's just talking about how much she loves 23rd century design yeah, yeah. things like <laughs> sleek and black with metal finishes and yeah, metal yeah. highlights or steel highlights it's yeah. really lovely
0: yeah, yeah, and it's like a little bit of a joke towards yeah. mid-century
1: design, or, or in how the women wear more revealing clothing too. Because like yeah. if you've seen the original series, obviously, it's, some of the outfits are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah.
0: But uh, no, there's a there's a sense of fun and just yeah. As I said, mm. it feels like everyone who was involved with it really loved it and cared for it. Mm-hmm. And it it is nostalgic in the sense that it is you know it is a trip down like they're literally re. And watching they, an episode from the original series yeah but it's not overwhelming you feel you feel like it's a delightful mm. turn rather than like oh, oh i'm kind of there's they're,
1: ce- they're celebrating it and but they're also kind of having fun with it yeah so when the temporal cops uh mulder and scully are talking to Cisco, and he mentions Kirk, and, he, and they go, oh my gosh, 17 separate temporal violations. The man was a menace. Yeah. And you think back to all the times, you know, in the show and during the movies when, uh, yeah. when Kirk has gone back in time or wherever. It's just, yeah. it's hilarious.
0: Yeah, and we, you know, I hate time travel episodes generally because they don't make sense. Mm-hmm. But this one, you're like, sure, whatever. Who cares? Just get yeah. back to that original time. Just have some fun. You know, they, <laughs> they, they do seem to, like, it, do too many things in that, that that time period to not prevent the timeline from being oh, changed in yeah. some
1: way. There's also, yeah, the, the temporal Cops say, oh, is it one of those things where you had to go back in time and, and create a time loop? Because we hate those. <laughs> 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 or uh, or Bashir meets possibly his grandmother and he thinks oh my goodness i have to have sex with my great grandmother or grandmother in order for me to be born like this is yeah a horrible time dilemma yeah um, so um and and the way that the episode ends where they have <laughs> they have the time orb so they've had the prophecy orb, the wisdom orb, and now they have the time orb. Yeah, and they just kind of wave it away. Oh, like, I know. Like, oh, Kira, while we were on that on, <laughs> she the, <just> on figured... <laughs> the ship, she figured it out, and now we're going back to our current time. That's that just it.
0: Yeah. No, I like that. It was. It was. It was no attempt to explain it. But once again, if you create enough of a feeling of excitement and fun in your episode, people don't care. No. And, it's when you're kind of weighed down by, like, oh, okay, this plot, where is it going? Okay, now explain it. Okay, now explain mm-hmm. it. You know, it's like what I said about the other episode. We we didn't need to know what exactly was um, possessing Keiko. We didn't need to know the exact mm-hmm. details of it until we need to figure out how to stop her. And, and then they just, they told us very quickly, mm-hmm. like Ron just told us a little bit and then we knew mm-hmm. exactly what was going to happen. And, you know, and that's, that's what we want from stories. We mm-hmm. don't want to be weighed down by exposition. We yeah. want to hear yeah. tons of explanation about stuff. Yeah. Sure. Kira sat and did her orb homework and figured <laughs> out how to <laughs> send people home. Like what? <laughs> Why was that orb like willing to, I don't know what, what, what a what a terrible orb, by
1: the way. Maybe <laughs> they should destroy it. Why did the Cardassians give that one up, too? No. I mean, couldn't Kira managed to figure it out in an hour? They, <laughs> and they had it all that time and didn't realize that they could go back in time with it? Yeah, totally. Uh, but it's fun. It's all fun, and I and I like that uh, Koloth is in the original episode, and we've seen him mm-hmm. again in DS Nine, and then he was killed on that blood thing, and uh, yeah. And Dax is like, oh, you know, there's my old friend. I'd like to see him trade insults with Kirk again. That was a yeah. nice moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and that is how you, you know. So you'd want to see your friends again. You know, someone you've been friends with for so long, you'd want to see them again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is. I mean, Cisco's kind of a jerk. He doesn't let her see her friend, but then he gets to have one moment with Kirk at the end, which was, I have to say, was was a really nice moment. Mm. Uh, it just made you think about the promise of, of Star Trek and how it's such, it can be such an optimistic show and how it can, you know, even though Kirk was a jerk, he he was a jerk. (laughs) He, he emblemized this feeling of optimism and a feeling of, of if we put our minds to it, we can, we can do something positive about the future. You know, yeah, so yeah, it was a great moment. I also liked we find out that Wharf smells of lilac. Well, <laughs> he has a musky odor, a peaty smell, a musky peaty smell, <laughs> which and I think they're just torturing about the lilac, yeah. But so he smells like, do people like this? Is something we just never think about. Do people do all uh, does everyone smell like does dax give off an odor she's trill she might give off an odor who knows yeah i
1: guess i I guess does miles always white glands have a different smell
0: does miles smell of synthahol you know (laughs) (laughs) i don't know
1: but maybe... I, lo- I love that explanation by the way that, that the tribbles were the mortal enemies of the klingon empire yeah. <laughs> and they had they to eradicate destroy all of them by the end of the 23rd century
0: well they are they they're are a yeah. terrible invasive species yeah
1: yeah i mean but they're so soothing that yeah. was uh that was lovely when he's from the that scene from the original episode that they have with uhura saying you know like oh what is that that lovely tribbles uh sound yeah and they're in the space station I yeah, I love tribbles. <laughs> love tribbles. <laughs> I love tribbles.
0: They are I mean they're I loved them as a kid cuz they were cute. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish I I think I did have a tribble actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I um when I was a kid I had a tribble. And they're they're pretty adorable. Uh, but you know, they're they're ridiculous as you get older. But the episode they were when they were choosing which episode to kind of revisit. They really went for this episode because it is fun it kind of captures everything about the original series that we want to remember which that it made space seem like a rockin good time like it was like like going to space stations was like going to great clubs and stuff you know like that's why they started to fight, you know, cuz they're just all jazzed up. They're all excited about being in space.
1: And you have uh you have the character of Cyrano Jones. who's who's kind of a con man, you know, yeah. in, in the episode. I think he pops up again in an animated episode, but I mean characters like that, you had more in the in the original series. Yeah, um, yeah. So like there's uh you have Mud in the original series as well. Yeah. Uh, it's a great character. If, if any of our listeners are actually interested in the original Trouble with Tribbles, there's actually a book written by the guy who wrote it, uh, David Gerald, called The Trouble with Tribbles, The Birth Sale and Final Production of One Episode. And I'm sure you can find it on AVE Books or Amazon or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting read. And David Gerald was in this episode. Yeah. He was uh,
0: featured holding the original Tribble. In oh, Minnesota. really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Yeah. He
1: was the original
0: Tribble? The first Tribble, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So what do you think they did with the Tribbles at the end of the episode? How did they get rid of them? Like, <laughs> how did the production team get rid of them? No, not the production team. How did they get rid of them? I would assume, I, I figure they just beam them off, maybe send them off into the
1: sun, why don't you know what they should have done? Sent them through the wormhole towards the Founders' planet. That can you imagine all the bulls
0: like, on? That's a great idea. Would change links. Yeah, yeah, and the link just floating. Yeah. On the link. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> Why don't they do that? That, yeah. that would have been a great ending. It's probably
1: because yeah. the Fed is. It would be considered biological warfare, and yeah. the Federation probably has outlawed that. Yeah, yeah. I mean Too they're bad. they're a menace.
0: <laughs> they need to be eradicated. Yeah. Ad- an adorable menace but
1: I li- oh I like that scene where uh, Worf is talking about how they're you know the Klingon Empire eliminated them and Odo's making fun of him and saying like oh I'd love to hear the Klingon like battle song about wiping out a bunch of tribbles."
0: I would like to hear the Klingon opera <laughs> related to that story <laughs> I'm sure it's amazing because yeah. they, we had a Klingon opera in a previous episode and I really enjoyed it so yeah. I would love to hear uh, Worf sing about somebody
1: it. write it if it hasn't happened yet
0: yeah so uh one last thing you know when they got into that fight in the in the space station Hmm. so like why did why did o'brien and bashir join the fight they just like are they just those types of guys when in rome you know like you're there
1: (laughs) you better join in
0: when you're in a bar fight in the 23rd century why not join in
1: yeah I love that scene with uh, Kirk and O'Brien where they're all lined up and okay. Kirk was like, was it you? Did you start the fight? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and it, I mean, it. that whole scene captures a little bit more of the, when Gene Roddenberry created Star Trek, hmm. it was really based upon his own experiences in, I believe, the Navy or the Air hmm. Force. I can't remember which one. But, and and so, you know, the the armed forces are a little bit of a boys club they're not a little bit they are a boys club in many respects even now probably yeah i don't know i'm not in the military and you know there's that whole idea of like swashbuckling and kind of you know being everyone is kind of amped up Mm -hmm. you know and and if your captain or your ship is being insulted you're going to get so mad about it because it's the ship that keeps you alive and so, nowadays, or no, not nowadays, but on DS9, there's never the implication that any of the officers are ever going to get into fights with people. Mm-hmm. On the original Star Trek, it seemed like people wanted to fight every five minutes. And so, it's like... Including Kirk. Including Kirk. Like, he would always resort to punching someone in the face,
1: yeah. you know? So, it's... it's a second. Kind of... Wait a second. Wait a second. Kirk is a man of diplomacy, and he usually wins by outthinking the other person. Fighting is always a last resort for Kirk. Usually, by
0: sitting there sweating. <laughs> <laughs> he's to defeat him with my mind power. He,
1: he, he outsparts everybody, and is he's an amazing. His diplomacy is excellent. Is what uh, I'm saying. I don't know if it's his diplomacy. It's
0: his strategy.
1: <laughs> he is well, great strategy. Yeah. Okay, but.
0: I wouldn't say he's what diplomatic. Saying, what I'm
1: saying is it's always a last resort for him. I just don't... It's not, it's not fair to say Kirk went around punching people in the face all the time. He did a fair bit of it. He did, but he, he was backed into a corner. He had no choice. Yeah. Sorry, I'm a Captain Kirk apologist. You are. So, is there anything else you'd like to add about this episode? No. No, I think that covers it. Yeah.
0: Um... I think uh, my last thought was I really I guffawed loudly when Dax revealed that she was actually not attracted to Kirk. She was attracted to Spock. That was was amazing. Yeah, that was a great scene. Because my my mother is also a huge fan of Spock. She never liked Kirk. She thought Spock was really hot. So, yeah. So I think that was a nice little call out there. But yeah, overall, an amazing episode. Really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, every probably one of the best episodes they've ever done. So, yeah. I think that's it for this week. Um as always, if you want to contact us, please send us a message on Facebook or Twitter or email us at rrdsnipodcast at gmail.com. As always, thanks for listening and have a great week.